podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The tenth time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast. If you haven't managed to get around to listening to our Burnley review, that is out now. It just dropped tonight. We go through the game, talk about some other wider stuff going on with Brentford nowadays. And we also do a little throw forward to Chelsea. But on today's episode, I thought I'd bring in um, two of my friends from my university course who have their own Chelsea blog brew tomorrow. I'm going to ask them a few questions. Obviously, with these little previews, I thought it might be a good idea to start doing them considering... You know, other fans of other clubs know way more about them than I do. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll go from here. Boys... Let's start. I thought we'd start by talking about Arsenal. Um, we talked about it on the pod last night. It was a pretty dominant performance from Chelsea, despite obviously throwing it away at, at the end. But it has to be said, like given sort of Arsenal being runners up last year and they're looking like they might be title contenders this year, quite impressive for for a Chelsea side that have struggled so far. I mean, you're starting to turn it around. But but what, what, what do you think of that Arsenal performance, Kieran? Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed watching it. I, I was kind of expected that we would play better than people were anticipating because we have been picking up form recently over the recent weeks before the international break. Uh, but I certainly wasn't expecting us to really take the game to Arsenal and, and be the better side for 75 minutes completely uh, in control. Could have made it three or four. Uh, but then the stupid mistakes throw it away. That's peak Chelsea, uh, unfortunately, at the moment. We haven't beat a big six team in about a year and a half and the first time we were about to do it we throw it away really annoying to see especially considering the great performances from some players uh, but just let down at the end by others unfortunately yeah Tom what have you made of uh, Robert Sanchez uh, at Chelsea the goalkeepers are like the talk of the town at the moment especially in the Premier League I know David Rayo has been getting a bit of stick Uh, we talked about that on the on the pod last night but what, what have you made of Sanchez at Chelsea so far yeah, it's been a very interesting start. I think he's been sort of the complete antithesis of Kepper compared to last season. Like Kepper's main strength is playing amazingly well with his feet and being a real liability at any time the ball comes towards him airily or a shot that might be a little bit too far in the corner of him to get to. Whereas Sanchez has been the complete opposite in a Chelsea shirt. He's been really good most of the time collecting the ball out of the air. Obviously, he's had a couple of times where he's messed that up and then any time where shots seem to be going flying into the corner, he's able to use that slightly bigger frame that he's got to make the saves. But of course, as we saw on Sunday, on Saturday evening, he's a bit of a liability with his feet and that mistake has been coming. It's not the first time he's done that in a Chelsea shirt where he's played the ball out from the back and given it straight to an opposite, opposition player. And he's been lucky to, to not have been punished more often than he has done so far. So that's annoyingly something that he's got in his game, but everything else has been a lot better. So I think it's a little bit harsh to see some Chelsea fans piling on him. Obviously, that'll be the anger from the result more than anything else. But I think he's... He's, he's done okay, but yeah, there's a lot for him to improve on. I think it's definitely going to be in Thomas Frank's mind when he's doing the sort of training this week, especially with how high up the pitch we pressed Burnley in our last game. Um, with Mbumo and Wissa as the runners, they're definitely going to be looking to pile on the pressure on, on Sanchez, given given what you've just said, especially with how nervous he's looked at times. Kieran, how would you assess Chelsea's season so far? I know it's a bit of a difficult question because in recent weeks you've kind of turned it around a little bit, but how, how would you assess it? Well, coming into it, it was, it was sort of a mixed mixed thought about on how successful it would be with Pochettino coming in, but also a whole plethora of new players coming into the team and young players as well being critical parts of the team. No one signed over the age of 25 
which me and Tom have debated a lot whether that's good or bad. Uh, but we're, we're kind of beginning to see things to things gelling. Uh, at the start of the season, it was definitely a struggle. But even even with some bad results, the performances weren't always awful. I think there was a game against Nottingham Forest. If we ignore that one, um, the rest of the performances weren't terrible, even if we weren't getting results. But now we are starting to see the results coming. Uh, three wins in a row before Arsenal definitely should have beaten Arsenal. Uh, and if we can build on that, the season can only go up from where from where we currently are. Because obviously we should be above where we are in the table at the moment. Uh, but Pochettino is beginning to turn things around, I think, I hope. Tom, are you echoing that, Tom? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think there was a lot of results. Like, sort of the, obviously, the Forest one, Kieran already mentioned, and then the Villa defeat as well. The Bournemouth nil-nil. We were playing a hell of a lot better than the results were suggesting. And then now, yeah, we are seeing a lot more of the confidence coming in. I think the players were, despite the results, still keeping complete faith in Poch and sticking to his ideas and probably getting that belief a bit more and more as the games are going on. And then I think it's taken a couple of the more senior players, specifically someone like Raheem Sterling, to step up on the day and put the ball in the back of the net, which is then allowing those youngsters who are new in the team to sort of gain that confidence themselves and do a little bit more daring moves and taking players on rather than doing just the simple pass, pass, pass. So I think the more and more we see that, the more and more we're going to get the results. And yeah, hopefully that is something we can continue to build on. You mentioned Poch, and we've kind of spoken about it. We did a little segment a couple of weeks ago on on Chelsea and the situation when you were right amongst it in terms of not getting the results. And I've I said on the podcast, I remember saying there's going to definitely be a potential for it to turn ugly with Poch quite fast, considering you know his background, a bit of a Spurs legend, um, with the amount of money that Bowley splashed out over the summer. I would have thought that if maybe a couple more results in the other direction and, and people would start, the fans would start to turn. But what from, from a fan's perspective, what, what's the feeling amongst the fans in terms of Pochettino, in terms of the ownership, Kieran? Just, just from a fan's perspective, no, take the football away. Well, to be honest, when we were first linked with Pochettino, I was very much against it. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, in contrast to uh, Tom and our other Chelsea friends, I was, I was very much against it because of, as you mentioned, the Spurs history. Uh, he's got that Tottenham DNA in him, uh, things like that. But since he's come in, I have decided I, you, you've just got to turn your, your opinion around and, and back the manager and we saw with Graham Potter, things got a lot worse than they've got so far this season. And we stuck with him until until nearly the end of the season when we were absolutely in terrible position. Um, so with Pochettino, even though, even though the results haven't been there, the performances are getting better week on, week on. Uh, and so you, you kind of, I've kind of turned my opinion around on him. I've been very impressed with him, especially over recent weeks uh, with what he's saying and how he's managed to turn players like Mikhailo Mudrik is beginning to find form. Kukurela shoved it right back is, is looking like a brand new player. Um, things like that. It's, it's very impressive to see. And the Tottenham, the Tottenham aspect for me at the moment is gone. Uh, maybe if we're in a relegation scrap, I'll bring it back up. But, <laughs> but for now, it's definitely gone, gone out of my mind. You mentioned a couple of those players. Me and Tom were kind of speaking about it off camera. I've, I've got a few Chelsea mates They were saying they've been mega impressed with uh, Conor Gallagher, Cucurella, you've mentioned as well, Cole Palmer. I've, I've watched a few Chelsea games this season. Levi Colwell's standing out as, well, as to me as one of, one of your best players. Tom, who, who's, who's been the pick of the bunch in terms of, in terms of your Chelsea players? Because obviously a lot of them have had bad seasons last season. A lot of them are new players. Uh, Mudrick started to turn it around now. Who, who's been your standout? Yeah, you've mentioned obviously quite a few names there who have... Some of them have surprised and some of them are sort of performing to 
the heights that some of us were expecting them to do. But I'll, I'll, I'll go on Kukurea first because he was someone who I was hoping when we went into pre-season that he was able to, going to be able to put that really poor season that he had last term behind him and then become a new player. And it started to look like that wasn't going to be the case, especially in pre-season. Uh, there were moments where he was making the similar mistakes that he was last year, stepping up too high, being beaten far too easily and was being the result of us losing goals. I think Dortmund and Newcastle, he was at fault for both of those. So there was fear that he wasn't going to gonna fit in for Poch. And then, there was, of course, there were so many rumours that he wasn't going to be here this season. The loan to United seemed to have a lot of legs to it and then obviously ultimately didn't happen. And I think he's... He was always going to be very limited with chances. I think a lot of fans would rather have seen Ian Markson playing in a fullback role, which he hasn't done yet. So he's had that sort of luck. And then the injuries on the right-hand side and the suspension to Malagusto as well gave him that opportunity at right-back. And he's just taken it by the scruff of the neck. I think both of the Brighton games in the League Cup and then the league game against Fulham after that, he was a completely different player, looking like the player that we bought from Brighton in the first place. And it's just been really, really solid. They moved over to the left for the Arsenal game and... For me, for apart from the second goal that we conceded, he complete, kept Saka completely quiet for the entire first 70 minutes. There was nothing where it really seemed like he was being beaten like he normally would be down that side. And I think it's the first time we've seen Kukurea and Mudrik play together on that side and it's really sort of worked. Like Normally when we have them together, Kukurea likes to push forward and Mudrik's not the type of player who's going to want to come back. Whereas we saw a little bit more of both of them working together and playing in tandem, which is a good sign. And then you also mentioned Gallagher as well. He's someone who divides the fan base online very much. So I think more of the... The overseas fans aren't taking to him as much as us English fans obviously want to see him succeed, know his love for the club, everything like that. And I think he's someone who's just growing more and more, obviously be given a lot of responsibility as captain by Pochettino. I think he's really, really sort of taking that in and really taking that in his stride and just has said himself he needs to step up as a senior player, even though he's still very, very young and there were moments in that Arsenal game where he looked so good. Um, the run before that Cole, the Cole Palmer chance was really, really good and something that he wasn't doing as much last season, amongst other things that he was doing well. So he's someone who I think will be one of the first names on the team sheet for a long time under Pochettino and hopefully it will continue for him. You mentioned uh, Mikhail Midrick. I do do want to speak about him because there's a bit of a bit of a Brentford link there. We, we, we were the ones to kind of uncover him a, few, a couple of seasons ago supposedly had the deal wrapped up for something like 20 30 mil and then at the at the last at the last hurdle kind of fell down he won a champions league football and then we know the story arsenal chelsea ends up going for 100 mil whatever kieran is is he is he the player to watch from chelsea speaking about the game specifically now and tom's mentioned a host of players that have been really good recently cole palmer has got a few goals so sterling but who who's the player that could hurt brentford on the weekend uh for me the the most important player for chelsea to play well is raheem sterling at the moment uh, because when he gets the ball, he's absolutely electric. And we, we've seen throughout his career at Chelsea so far, there have been glimpses of him being brilliant. And when he is brilliant, it seems to elevate the rest of the team around him. Uh, and against Arsenal, he was absolutely brilliant. Every time he got the ball, he looked like a chance was going to be created. And we saw that reflection of him playing well with Palmer and Mudrick. Mudrick can be dangerous, of course, but he's still a very raw player. And Pochettino even said he still has to improve even after the performance against Arsenal. Uh, so for me, Sterling is the man to watch. And obviously you've got Enzo Fernandes and Caicedo in the middle, but they're not going to hurt you in the same way, way that Sterling can. <laughs> so got Enzo Fernandes and Caicedo. It's like £200 million <laughs> in two players. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I will get on to how much money you guys have spent. And potentially I do want to talk a little bit about Ivan Tony because I feel like there's been a bit of chat online about that. Um, be good to get your kind of perspective on it. Um, before that, though, we've had some we've had some fun at the bridge, as, as I like reminding you both whenever whenever I get the chance in the prem in the prem. Um, are you 
confident that Brentford are going to be coming up against a different Chelsea side on Saturday, Tom? How how do you think it's going to go? Yeah, it's very interesting because I think um, in terms of where Chelsea were at both times Brentford have come to us, we've been in very different situations. Obviously, the first time when you absolutely demolished us 4-1, we were off the back of that Real Madrid performance that was left us a little bit little bit stung in the midweek, I think it was after the first leg, and then obviously the Rudiger, great goal. We thought, oh, OK, yeah, we're back, we're lifted. But I remember us playing very, very poorly even before the, that goal went in, and then you completely punished us and finally took your chances in the, in the, well, the end of the first half and the second half. And then, obviously, last season you came to us when we were in the worst form we had been in for, for probably my entire lifetime. It was a result that we'd saw, we saw coming, very much so, obviously, the midweek game. It was one of the first games where I've been in the ground and seen... Fans who I've known sitting around, my dad and my uncle who go there, have been going there for 30 odd years. And like fans who have been there that long leave at half time because there was just that sense that we weren't going to do anything in the second half. Of course, it came from the Athletic own goal that gave you the lead at half time. It's like, well, there it is. There's the 1 0 lead. We haven't come back from a 1 0 def- deficit for, a, for about six months at that point. So, yeah, everyone expected there was not going to be a result for us by the end of that game. And obviously, there rightfully wasn't. So, yeah, hopefully, there will be a different Chelsea side. Um, of course, you're here. We're facing you in the middle of a very interesting run, and I think this is a sort of game where we've got to be, we've got to respond after the collapse against Arsenal. I think we're going to try and hopefully come out and perform like we did at the start of the Arsenal game, try and take the game to you. Obviously, you're off the back of a, a good result against Burnley as well, so it might be an interesting sort of feeling each other out for five sort of minutes, and then someone might take a chance early on, or it will just be. It's going to be very interesting, I think. But yeah, it will be very different Chelsea side for what you've come up against in the last two seasons. I'd like to think. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be it's going to be interesting because we kind of spoke about it on our pod last night. We're definitely going to go to a back five. We're going to be hard to break down. I don't know if we're going to have as much joy in the counter attacking as 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 we've had in previous years at Chelsea. Considering you know you're actually much better this season for one. Uh, Nicholas Jackson. I, I wanted to talk about him, and this is my this is my segue into Tony chat. Kieran, is Nicholas Jackson going to ever produce for Chelsea? And if he doesn't, is Ivan Tony the shoe in for January? It's a weird one with Nicholas Jackson because he was so good in pre-season. I honestly thought we'd found like our next striker for the next five years or whatever. And then it's come to the actual season and he's just completely, well, not completely fallen off, but he has definitely fallen off a lot. I mean, benched against Arsenal, maybe that was a, a tactical switch from Pochettino. Um, but he should be starting that game as the starting striker with Broya, our only other striker coming back from a long-term injury. Um, we have seen glimpses of Jackson playing well and finding his finishing. Uh, he got that, that goal against, I think it was Fulham. Um, but other than that, moments that aren't enough to start for this Chelsea side. And I mean, I know you were mentioning Tony. Me, for what I'm personally, I'd love him in January. <laughs> um, but if Jackson can't perform, then we do have to look in the market for a striker who is... For me, I just want a striker who's scored goals in the Premier League before and has that track record of being able to do it for, for their side and leading a line like like a certain Ivan Tony does. Uh, Jackson, I want to give him more time. I want to give him more chances. Uh, but at the moment, I'm not sure he is the man to lead the line for Chelsea at the moment anyway. Are you a fan of Ivan, Tom? Yeah, I think that would be someone I'd be very keen to get in. Obviously, he's not... He will come in, if he does, it will be off the back of not playing any league football for a long time. So there might be that sort of inkling that maybe he'll need a bit of time to get going again. But he'll know the Premier League and I think he'll be itching to, to start. So that might be something that could go either way if he did come over here or go elsewhere. So and I, I do agree with Kieran in the case that I'd happily have him coming in January. I think we we 
we can't give it all to Jackson. Obviously, with Broya's injury, he'll take a lot of time to be able to play consistently. And then that would mean Jackson would be left on his own and we would be relying on him to deliver week on week, which we haven't seen yet. So I think someone like Ivan Tony, who knows the Premier League, would be a great move for us. There's been a, some whispers of Victor Oshimen as well, but I think that'd be a, quite a risky one for us. Someone coming in from Serie A to the Premier League, especially in sort of the striking positions, seems to take a lot of time to adapt. So if you're doing that sort of move in January, you want someone who's going to be able to hit the ground running in the Premier League. And I think Ivan Tony would be that person if he came to Chelsea. Yeah, I just want to preface this chat. I'm not trying to sell Ivan Tony to Chelsea for the fans <laughs> listening. Um, we, we've we've spoken about it at length. It's, it's very much, I think, if we decide to sell Ivan in January, it's very much dependent on how we're actually doing. Um, because we have started this season quite poorly. If we need his goals, I don't see the club wanting to sell him and just let his contract run out another six months. Obviously, we'll get less money for him in the summer. But... I've said before, I think if we're if we're comfortable mid-table and relegations out of the picture, I think we have to cash in on the most money that we can get for him, considering he's going to go in the summer, inevitably. Uh, speaking speaking of Brentford, Kieran, what have you made of our start to the season? I don't know how many games you've watched. Um, we Obviously, a big result on the weekend against Burnley, but what, what have you made of our start? Yeah, I've, I've seen, obviously, match of the day watching Brentford. Obviously, doesn't take, get the full picture. But just looking at your results, it has been a, a little bit shaky, your start. Normally, we... Well, over recent season, we've expected Brentford to be this this punching the big teams side, and they we did kind of see that against Tottenham with the two all result. Um, but since then, there have been some very some very dodgy results. I think one all against Nottingham Forest. I mean, I know Nottingham Forest beat Chelsea, um, but one all against a ten man Nottingham Forest isn't a great result. Uh, some other results haven't maybe gone your way. I think you scraped through the. Did you scrape through the cup on penalties? We did. Yeah, <laughs> we against, did. against um, a League Two side, I think. Yeah. Newport, Newport, maybe. Yeah. Newport, yeah. Yeah, so not been not been the Brentford we, we know and love in the Premier League so far, but you know, if there's ever a game for you to turn things around, it's, it's against Chelsea. So Exactly. <laughs> so that. I, I mean I hope you don't, but <laughs> Exactly that. Uh, Tom Tom, final one for me, mate. Um final thoughts just ahead of the game. Obviously West London Derby is not too much not too much bitterness between the two sides. Can we just clear something up, by the way? Who who are Chelsea's main? Uh, obviously Tottenham, but in West London, is, do you, who do you care about more, Fulham, QPR, or Brentford? I mean, or, uh, or, none, or none of the three. None of them, I think Fulham care about us more than we we care about uh, them. Is is I think that's more of a thing of on the pitch. We've got such a great record against them. It's quite hard to have a rivalry with them. I think we try and force to get, try and sort of shoehorn ourselves into Tottenham and Arsenal. But at this point, to try and make ourselves a little bit bigger, but. Yeah, I think it's probably because we played Fulham more in the last sort of, 20 odd years that, that we care about them more. But I think if, if there are more results go your way, the more we play each other, that will become a bit more heated. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Chelsea fans who want to get one over on you this weekend. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think there'll be a, a good, good atmosphere this weekend, especially. Perfect. Cheers, boys. I appreciate that. The Elam Ray podcast will be back uh, in next week to obviously go over the Chelsea game and look ahead to Liverpool away, I believe, I want to say, without looking at my calendar. Uh, but yeah, we, we'll be back. We'll be back then. So we'll, so we'll see you next week. Podcast Network.